Most people would probably call me a ghost. I am, after all, dead. This week on the podcast, Remember Me by Christopher Pike, part two. Hi, and welcome to Growing Up Bookish. It's a podcast where we go on a nostalgic trip through bookland. I'm one of your hosts, Emma. And I'm your other host, Allison. This week, we're doing the second half of Christopher Pike's Remember Me, the uh, murder mystery about a girl who was murdered and she's solving her own murder. <laughs> murder, murder, murder. 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 I, I constantly thought of Hot Fuzz, right? Yes. Yeah. Hot Fuzz. <laughs> murder. During this whole thing. This book is one of the ones that I chose. Christopher Pike was my favorite as a young lass. And uh, Emma has never read one. But I, I feel like she enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 So far, it's been great. Because the interesting thing about this murder. Murder. Is that she's dead. Yeah. She's a ghost. Yeah. Trying to solve it. Which is nice. And she has a ghost pal. Now she has her ghost pal. Yeah. yeah. And they're about to go off on an adventure. I guess, well, let's let's recap sort of what happened last time, I guess. Sherry went to a par- birthday party. She got murdered. She doesn't know by whom. We have what, like six suspects or something? All her, yeah, all of her, all of them are friends. Yep. All the suspects are friends. Various people. She has no clue who would want to murder her or why. Mm-hmm. So she decides she wants to stick around and try to find out. She meets ghost friend Peter, who's a friend of hers who died like a year before or something. He's like, "Nah, you should just go into the light." And she's like, "No, crime solving." <laughs> and so essentially, that's where we left off: is she was murdered, and she now is trying to figure out who did it. There's also a detective on the case. Yes, a Columbo type character. Yep the the grizzled, drunken <laughs> detective Garrett, whom I love. Yes, because that stereotype is awesome. Yes, despite his alcoholism, he's he's, he's a sharp still amazing. Cookie. Yeah, yeah, I love that sharp cookie. <laughs> That's what he is. And so he's also on the case. But um, when we left off last time, they were just about to go spy on their friends. Mm -hmm. They're like, let's go look and see what we can do. And this, for whatever reason, this part of the uh, story, like I got real excited about it because I'm like, spying on my friends. That sounds fun. Isn't that kind of something everyone wants to do a little bit? I don't know if I could handle the truth. Yeah, maybe not. (laughs) If you were dead, you'd want to, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There'd be no fear at that point. No, because you're no just No fear like, of rejection. You're already... Yeah, I'm already dead. <laughs> I'm already dead. They, can they can't all these think much else things. about me. <laughs> so, at the beginning of Chapter 10, Sherry and Peter go off to investigate, and they start by going to Daniel's house. That's Sherry's boyfriend, sort of. <laughs> yes, her, her old boyfriend. Yeah, who's kind of just a chode, so who cares about him? <laughs> but Daniel and Beth are making out when she gets there shock because he bought her freaking diamond earrings for her birthday right and they were supposedly making out in the jacuzzi too yeah so uh, naked at the party even. Yeah. yeah so whatever sherry's pretty distraught but she didn't really have time to think about it because that's when detective garrett shows up and he kind of asks them he asked them more questions about the murder but it's kind of like the same stuff that he already asked them mm-hmm. when he questioned them the first time like did either of you push her did you see her jump was Joe on the balcony before Beth? Yada yada yada. Did Daniel see Amanda exit the bathroom? I mean, all of all of the same questions we kind of already have. So I guess he's just trying to like make put some, sure they didn't change their story. Yeah, put some pressure on them. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. At this point, do you feel like Garrett knows? No, I don't think so either. I think he. Yeah. I don't know. I in this scene, I kind of felt like he knew they probably didn't. Yeah. But I think just so putting too. a little pressure because if. 
if they knew that someone else did it, maybe something would slip. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was just trying to see if they were working with someone else. But I yeah. feel like the way he, he kind of like changes his questioning to like, so you two in a relationship now, huh? <laughs> and like teasing Daniel. Yeah. And that kind of makes me think that he doesn't really think exactly. Daniel is capable. Well, so Garrett leaves after that pointless questioning. <laughs> and uh, Beth gets upset and she like leaves. Good on Beth. Because she's like, this is wrong, dude. That, yes. Your and girlfriend then- just died and uh, you're acting like you don't know her. <laughs> exactly. And... So she she isn't as uh, stupid as they make her out to be. She did the right thing. Uh, so she leaves. Sherry follow, follows Daniel up to his room and catches him crying over her photo, which is very sweet. Kind of, but he's still a dude. He's he, ugh. He still sucks. Yeah, he's. I mean, <laughs> he, he's not the best. But no. I'm glad that we're shown this small moment yes. of grief. He does have feelings, I suppose. So after that moment, they decide they're going to follow Garrett around to all his questionings because he's going to go question some people. He stops by Jeff's, Jeff Nichols's place, and that's Peter's brother. Right. Jeff is really not cooperative. He's just kind of like evasive with the questions and like keeps claiming he doesn't really like remember things. And, you know, he kind of asks the same question um, what's your relationship with Sherry? What's your relationship with Joe? Then he asked what his what his astrological sign is. Oh yeah, which I thought was funny. I love that part. I forgot what he said his sign was though. Was he? Did he say Scorpio? No, I have to. Oh, you gotta look it up. I yeah, it was it weird. He's like, so did you hear any sounds from a man in the bathroom? What what was your relationship with Sherry? By the way, what's your sign? And then he like answers whatever it was, and then he's like. How'd you know what your son was? Did Joe tell you? He's a Scorpio. He's a Scorpio. Okay. Does that make you feel like you know him better? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Scorpios (laughs) are the, I use this term loosely, crazy of the bunch. Very, very emotional, can handle lots of emotional depth, more so than any of the other signs. So. Well, He's got a lot Jeff, going on in yeah, there. Yeah, Jeff can go to some dark places. And I feel like he does. <laughs> well, he changes his questioning a bit about and starts asking about about his shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, he points at the shoes he's wearing. He's like, are those the shoes you were wearing to the party? And Jeff's just like, yeah, probably. And he's like, they're all dirty. Like, you, Beth wouldn't have let you wear yeah. those shoes into the party. And then he leaves. And that's pretty much it. So we're like, shoes. shoes. Okay, so shoe size has something to do with this. are important. Well, so he leaves, and uh, Garrett does not go to visit another one of her friends. This is when he takes, like, a lame detour. Yeah, this was kind of weird. And we get this (laughs) annoying side story that I don't care about, about Garrett's daughter. Yes. So they go to, like, the seedy part of L.A., and his daughter's on drugs, yada, yada, yada. Sherry, like, insists on, like, following the daughter to, like, I don't know, watch her shoot up or something. and Which I'm not sure why. I guess she felt compelled to help him. At this point, no. Like, at this point, she doesn't feel anything. She's just like, oh, let's go see what's going on. Oh, come on now. You're on a case. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you definitely do not have time to be worrying about this druggy girl. So she goes in there, and the girl can see her because apparently. She's in an altered state of mind. Right. <laughs> Peter explains, because, you know, Peter's like the book of knowledge or whatever, that if you have an altered state of mind, sometimes you can see ghosts. So she tries to, like, give her an after-school special speech about, don't do drugs. Yeah. And and great. Who cares? I, I literally do not care about the story. Yeah, I feel like the purpose of the scene was 
gosh, you know, to add humanity to Garrett, maybe. But I feel like we could have picked up on that because earlier, you know, she sees a picture of a young girl in his wallet. So right. I'm like, oh, that's probably a relative. Yeah. And she also mentions, oh, it's probably part of some sad, tragic backstory which it would have been better to wonder what it is yeah i think i don't think we needed to know no but i think it was important i think pike wanted us to see the visual of the pain oh right the barbed wire yes okay i forgot (laughs) that that was in there and that makes sense so yeah like i think at the beginning of the book we talked about how sherry sees like fibers in the air whatever like ghostly fibers but i guess when there's pain it looks like barbed wire yes which <laughs> which makes me think like early 2000 yeah i don't know why um based on a dean Koontz movie um hideaway with jeremy sisto and jeff goldblum there's all this barbed wire imagery for like hell and stuff like that that's what i thought of but silent yeah. hill has a lot of that too a lot of that like barbed wire rusty fence like yeah. stuff like that but this was 1989 so <laughs> he was ahead of his time ahead of his time <laughs> on the barbed wire, wire. imagery <laughs> Well, so yeah, she basically was just like, stay in school, bye. So, you know, she leaves, and that's the end of that chapter. Which makes me think, like, it's, is this girl going to help them? Like, she can see them. You thought that she was going to help yes. with the investigation. Yes. That would have been cool, but she'd have to be on drugs the whole time. That'd be an interesting story, That would though. be an interesting... I think that could work if you just have, like, an EMT person There's there to, some- like... Oh, is that a story? There is a story that I read. It was an anime. It was... <laughs> Uh, from the 90s called El Hazard. And this, oh, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, there's like a guy who's one, got though. super strength and he can only use it when he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very anime-like thing. Yeah. Wait, wasn't there a hero on Heroes? Was it the comic book artist? Right. Didn't he have to get... Yes, he had to be on drugs. Yeah. That's a better example. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he was like the prophetic painter. Yeah. And he had to like be on heroin to be able to do it or whatever. <laughs> and he ended up dying, spoiler alert. So, while Jeff was getting questioned by Garrett, the phone rings. And that's when Joe calls him to invite him over to a secret meeting. Mm -hmm. The gang is getting together tonight. So that's where Peter and Sherry are headed now, to go to Joe's house for the secret meeting. Jimmy and Amanda, when they arrive, Jimmy and Amanda are sitting outside in the car. Sherry listens in, but it's not a very interesting conversation. We just learned that um, Jimmy's parents, Sherry's parents, are going out of town and that Jimmy is not sure that he wants to go with him. He thinks he just wants to like stay at home and yeah. moan and weep. And Amanda will be right there with him. She's like, I'll be there for you. <laughs> and you know, that's pretty much all we learn. Um, to the surprise of absolutely no one, Joe's meeting involves a Ouija board. Yuck. <laughs> Which I'm excited about. Yuck. No, stay away from it. So excited about it. <laughs> Um, so Sherry's excited too because she's like oh my god can we talk to them through the Ouija board and he's like yeah you can but he's like reluctant like Peter's always reluctant to give her information about anything true so it's just kind of like uh, yeah. He'll give, he gives her a little bit which is just enough but not enough exactly yeah just so, tell her yeah. just tell, just her, tell her everything Peter <laughs> I mean I guess it, that's part of the like storytelling is, well it's kind of annoying it is i don't know annoying. how long i'd hang out with a person like that well she even makes a, a comment like in some chapter where she's like i'm getting really tired of your vagueness peter <laughs> and i'm like me too peter just give us all the information so yeah he says that it's possible but that it's like you know difficult or whatever 
So when Joe starts, the others are uh, super annoyed about the Ouija board. They're like, man, if we had known this is what you were doing, we wouldn't have shown up. Mm -hmm. But Joe insists they need to do it because she believes that they contacted Peter at the party. Yes. And that if they can contact Peter, they can contact Sherry. Sherry. And uh, Peter confirms that it was indeed him. And he's the one that used Sherry's body to speak to everybody. And she's like mad. Yeah, she's very pissed about this. Which I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's just because he didn't tell her right away, but, like... Maybe. If she had the opportunity right now to use someone's body to speak through, she She would have done it. Absolutely. And, I mean, she signed up for it, but she did mention, I didn't think it was real. Yeah. I mean, okay, but... But still. Maybe, I mean, I feel like maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that, like, the reason all of this happened is because she felt the weird feeling while he was in her, and she got up and stormed out of the room. Mm -hmm. And that's when she got pushed over the balcony so if this had not happened maybe that she'd still be alive oh yeah maybe maybe she kind of blames him for it a little bit maybe but she doesn't say that no but then there's also the whole like oh you were destined fated to die bullshit too so Which, i don't even I mean, want to get yeah into that. let's not even i don't even touch that there. argument don't even <laughs> joe finally convinces them to go along with the ouija board seance thing and when they begin sherry wants peter to help them help her talk to them because she still can't like put her hands through anything because he kind of explains that you have to like guide their hands with your hands right but she still still has that mental block going on so she needs him to do it for her when they start that he tells the people through the ouija board that they're there he spells sherry's name wrong oh yeah that was so funny (laughs) and it's kind of funny she's like it's a yeah but they don't make a comment about it so i guess they're i guess they're fine i guess they assume it's peter talking because they're like who's there and he says sherry and peter So for a while, Peter's able to talk to them, but then things start to go wrong. Peter took his hands out of the others, put them back in, trying, so it seemed, to get a better grip on the situation. There's another force at work here, he said. Where are you? Jeff asked directly, bypassing Joe. Together, Joe spelled out. Good, I said. Tell them we're happy. Where where are you together? Jeff asked. Is it a place? The planchette went to no. Where? Jeff insisted. Burning, Joe said and winced. What? Burning. Jimmy said softly, staring at the candle. No, I yelled at Peter. Stop it! Peter didn't respond. He was struggling with the planchette. Tiny sparks cracked at the tips of his fingertips. I could hear them as well as see them, but the indicator kept moving. H-E-L-L, Joe said slowly. Hell, Beth whispered. Burning in hell. I should not have exploded at Peter right then. I could see he was having trouble directing the planchette. I knew he would not have willfully tried to hurt either me and Jimmy. I suppose his admission of having used my body was still bothering me. Also, when I saw Jimmy, his face pinched and withdrawn, suddenly stand and run from the room, I lost all control. You bastard, I yelled. Look what you've done. I didn't write that. He protested, removing his hands from the planchette. Well, creepy. That's why you don't use my G-Bards. (laughs) <laughs> that's why you don't use them so you think it's an, do you think it's another demon or do you think it's someone in the room I have no idea my <laughs> well, mind you do could know go because you finished the book but well yes at this point at this point when did, I was reading yeah. it no I had no idea and some of the things that they say kind of make it sound like it's another entity because they talk about him removing his hands like it's too hot to touch like yeah. the planchette or whatever and so they seem to be directing you in that direction. Yeah. That it's, you know, not someone at the table. But whether 
Whether or not that's true. Hush. (laughs) (laughs) Silence thyself, woman. So Jimmy had run out of the room. Sherry runs after him. So does Amanda, but Amanda can't find him because... She doesn't have ghost eyes. She doesn't have ghost eyes, but (laughs) Sherry does. So she finds him, like, running off into the woods or something, but then she's stopped in her tracks by her shadow, I guess. The shadow. The shadow. Mm -hmm. She panics and runs, and she's calling for Peter. The shadow just kind of, like, goes away. Like, it's weird because they're always, like, such... Like, there's such panic when they're running from the shadow, but they don't really have to run very far. And they don't really have to hide. It's always like they're just like <laughs> running and like screaming and then, oh, it's gone. <laughs> Whoops. I, I don't. I, it's certainly not like a Dementor. I feel like no. those things hang out forever until yeah. they've sucked the life out of you. They never have to like, you know, I don't know, hide in a crevice or something <laughs> like until it goes away. It just they're just like running and away. then they like look around and they're like, oh, oh it's gone. Oh, it's gone. Okay. Everything's fine now. <laughs> I mean, it was just here, but let's just sit and have a conversation. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's dumb. She finds Peter. The shadow's gone. They discuss the Ouija board session. Mm-hmm. They both think it was someone at the table forcing the planchette to spell what it did. So, but they but they still don't know who. And so Peter's like, dude, we got to give this up. You should just go into the light. We've made no progress. We have no suspects to eliminate. We have literally no idea what's going on. Yes. But Cherry now is determined to keep doing it because of Jimmy. She doesn't want him to think that she's burning in hell. And so she's convinced that she's got to keep going. So somewhere in this conversation, they start talking about Cherry's dead aunt, who she is convinced talked to her in dreams to tell her that she was okay. Yes. And so she's like, oh, well, if my aunt talked to me in a dream, then I can talk to Jimmy. And that's what she decides to do. Yeah. But I just, the leap of logic is a little strange to me. I just don't know why you would immediately assume that I mean, I guess now that you're a ghost and you've seen things, I guess now you could be like, oh, that must have been real. But at the time, I'd just be like, that was just a dream, dude. Well, I think you're just saying that because you don't, you've never had dreams like this before. I haven't. But you have? I've had several. Now, there are some dreams where I can tell that it's just... A dream. A dream. It's it's part of my subconscious, like here's this person. But there are definite dreams where it's... Why are my ghost it's relatives not talking to it's me? It's for real. Ghost relatives, why aren't you talking to me in my dreams? Come on. Can you remember all of your dreams for the most part? I wouldn't say all of them, but okay. I remember enough of Maybe them. Maybe you're having them and you just can't remember them. Cool. Because your brain's like, wipe it out. Allison can't believe that this is real. Because <laughs> the world can't handle it. <laughs> That's right. It'll fall apart. <laughs> Chaos will ensue if Allison believes in ghosts. <laughs> Well, that's disappointing, but um, it's kind of interesting that you have had those dreams. Yeah, they're they're uh, sometimes they're not so scary. Other times they're pretty I don't know not not in a bad way. It's not it's not anything that's ever like negative or vicious, but it's just un- I'm unsettled in the dream that oh my god, wait, you're dead. Yeah. Why, why are you here? One of my notes that I have for this chapter uh, is about the shadow. Because there were two things that stood out to me. She mentioned, like, bottom bottomless pits of green eyes, basically. Right. And then she said, knowing each other's minds so well, which made me think, maybe this is a part of Sherry. Because she's so stuck on the fact that, that she has green eyes. green eyes. I did not notice that in the slightest when I was reading <laughs> okay. it. I was just like, ugh, shadow, bye. Bye. So I didn't make that connection. Okay. But that's that's interesting, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's a logical assumption because peter can't see her shadow that's right and i think we learned that at this point too 
because she's freaking out and he's like yeah. i don't see anything yeah. what are you and, and so i think at this point we're supposed to assume that it's her shadow not the shadow mm-hmm. yeah so at the end of this chapter, uh, Sherry's determined that she's going to go visit Jimmy's dreams. Let him know that he's okay. Mm-hmm. Peter does not want to have anything to do with this. So don't he's like, You're don't on meddle your own. with human affairs. Yep. Don't meddle with human affairs. <laughs> so she goes off on her own. And at the beginning of chapter 12, she gets into her house. Why does Pike choose to have her travel by normal means? Because it it's drags so on. Long. <laughs> yes. So long. I. I also made a note about how whenever Sherry is going anywhere, because she can't, like, walk through walls or, or like, teleports or whatever, they go into excruciating detail about, like, how she gets to where she's going. Mm-hmm. What kind of truck or motorcycle she's yeah. riding on and who's the driver and what they're listening to on the radio. <laughs> My God. For the most part, it's really inconsequential, but I know why... He did it because there's one time where she gets to a place and it's very important how she gets there. And so yeah. I'm guessing that he did all of this to set it up so that it's not, it doesn't stand out. Because think about it. If he had never described like in excruciating detail how she's getting into house A or house B, then the one time he does it, you'd be like, wait a minute. Why are we describing in such detail how she's getting into this house? Yeah, that's true. So he had to like throw you off the trail. Yeah. But it is noticeable I, and annoying. He yes, could have done I it kinda, a little less. I kind of skip. I'll kind of yeah. skip through. No, like, I do okay, too. Oh, there we go. I'm like, yeah, she got there. So you probably skipped the important one too. I don't think I did. Well, we'll talk about okay. it when we get there. But yeah, okay. So long, super long description of her getting into her house. <laughs> uh, she's surprised to find that Amanda is spending the night in her room. What, what? Yeah, which I would not be down with. Yeah, she's, she's not wearing sherry's bathrobe though <laughs> no. she is wearing a guest bathroom i mean i guess it's better than her sleeping in the bed with jimmy right? yeah i mean the parents are away so yeah. it's not actually like... they haven't left yet oh, okay i don't think they leave the next day okay so they haven't so that's, left yet yeah, yeah yeah so the parents are probably like yeah. sorry guys they're rich people do they not have a guest room <laughs> they do amanda's a creeper sleeping in a dead girl's bed so she goes into Jimmy's room, and unlike everything else, she finds out how to get into his dreams, like, super easy. Yeah. She's just like, I put my hands on your head, and duh, we're in there. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, that was easy. I expected it to be, like, a thing. Jimmy's dream is pretty boring. He's yes. He's just, like, he, it's like a monochrome landscape. He's in a suit, and he's wandering around calling Sherry's name. So... And that's the dream. Yeah. I wrote, disappointing failed attempt with Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> and so I guess, like, I'm assuming she might have, like, tried to talk to him and he couldn't hear her or something. I don't. I really don't know if she attempted that. I can't remember. I just remember that she didn't get to speak to him. I think, too, she mentioned that when she entered into his dream, she felt his grief. Oh, and right. And it was a bit so too much for her. There. Yeah, it was too much for That's her to stay in there. That's probably why, because... Yeah, she went in there and she felt like the crushing weight and so she had to get out mm-hmm. fast. Something like that. Well, so she fails there and she figures, you know, she didn't accomplish anything so she might as well look in uh, Amanda's thoughts, see what Amanda's dreaming about. Mm-hmm. And boy, is it weird. It's so weird. <laughs> I will read it for you so you can see how weird it is. Take us on this fabulous journey. Into the mind of Amanda. <laughs> I waited for a half hour for her eyelids to flutter as I had with Jimmy, but the best her gorgeous lashes would do was bat every now and then. I finally decided to just grab her head and go for it. 
My awareness began to alter. It was different this time. There was no crushing grief, no sudden change of location. Suddenly, almost imperceptibly, the room around me was overlaid with the faint image of a gray landscape riddled with thousands of narrow poles that reached high into the sky. As I held tight onto Amanda's forehead, the image grew in clarity and depth, and I began to realize that the poles were actually tall steel needles. They glittered bright and hot beneath the light of an unseen sun. There was no feeling associated with the scene, it was simply there, although Amanda was not. I understood I was seeing the landscape through her eyes, despite the fact that I was still aware of the dimensions of my bedroom. One by one, gigantic bubbles of air began to form at the tips of the needles, breaking off and drifting into hard white sky towards a long translucent pipe, which floated miles above the ground, stretching out of sight in both directions. Flowing with a dark, pulsating liquid, the pipe appeared to draw the bubbles towards it, but even though the bubbles bounced harmlessly off the side of the pipe, I sensed that they were anxious to get inside and flow with the liquid. I wondered if there was a particular significance for Amanda in the scene and why, no matter where I looked, there wasn't a trace of color. Kooky. What even? <laughs> when, when you read this, did you have any clue what it meant? Um, absolutely not. I just kind of disregarded it and thought, oh, it's just like abstract. Weird, yeah, I've I've thought of um Dali's paintings. Yeah, and like it's just a weird. That's kind of what it a am- weird dream. Yeah, but the whole her not feeling any emotion thing is significant. I feel because I mean throughout this entire story, she's been yeah. I feel like it's kind on, of it's on brand. It's part of her character yeah, that she, she's just she doesn't feel any grief. She doesn't feel much of anything. Yeah. She's, she's never just shown a personality. Quiet. She's just quiet. She's just quiet. So quiet people don't have feelings? <laughs> no. I feel like she I'm should have saying, feelings. She's got feelings. She just... But, I mean, it's not like an emotionally driven dream either, I'm guessing. No, and, and you know, she's... This is this is one of her friends, not... Yeah, they're, I guess they're kind of close. Not as close as she and Joe, but... Well, yeah, but they've known each other. Compared to what Jimmy's going to feel versus yeah. Amanda, it's... It's going to be Well, totally I didn't different. expect her to have, like, the grief grief. It yeah. was just the, like, you know, I feel nothing. I don't know. Some people grieve differently. Maybe she's just she's cutting it off. She's yeah. cutting it off so she doesn't really feel it. Well, after that weird dream, uh, Sherry doesn't really know what to think, but she we do f- learn that she feels, like, drowsiness when she's in a person's dream. Yeah, so she kind of can't stay she too can't long stay in there. She can't stay in there. Well, so she decides that she's going to go to Daniel's house and see what he's dreaming about. I love this dream. It is kind of hilarious. It's so ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. Shocker, he's having a sex dream. (laughs) And he's wearing like a wetsuit with a flipper. I feel like it's like a 12-year-old's wet. Yeah, it kind of is. And there's like, what? Did she say it was like a round rotating bed or did I just fill that in in my mind? You may have filled that in, but it makes sense because there are mirrors on the top of the the ceiling. (laughs) I probably just filled in the scene because I imagine it being pink. I did too. Like pink satin. Or I I found I thought fur yeah fur, fur and blankets satin and, and like a round bed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what I didn't make up in my head is that there's a girl on the bed who's got Beth's body and Sherry's face, <laughs> but her name is Marsha, Marsha, which turns out to be his cousin. <laughs> so apparently, just cousin love all over the place. Yeah, I can't get away from it. <laughs> um, his dream is vibrant, mm-hmm. unlike the two dreams she saw earlier. Sherry does manage to talk to Daniel inside the dream, but it does not go well. She she starts out just, like, asking him questions, trying to get, I guess, information out about him. But his answers to her are pretty consistent to what 
he's, he's been, been telling, telling everyone him. else. Right. During this questioning, he starts, like, he imagines what he saw when he looked down and saw Sherry splatted on the pavement. Yeah. And he starts having a breakdown. Oh, yeah. Because it's pretty who, bad. I mean, yeah, who bad. wouldn't, though? Like, he was one of the first to see her. Yeah. And so, you know, he starts having a meltdown. And she's kind of getting sucked into that, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she has to leave, get out of there. And mm-hmm. then I think it ends with him freaking out and she just gets out of there. She's like, bye. <laughs> so, sorry, Daniel. Oops. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, you'd think at this point she'd be like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but no. She goes to Joe's house. She just like, to look I got her I got Yeah. Well, she's running out of time, too, because. Right. She has to travel by normal means. <laughs> and she's only got this night. Well, yeah, because she's she's there's like the press of time because she's worried about the shadow, I guess. And so she feels mm. like she can't waste any time and she needs to hurry up and get all her information out soon. So she's. Feeling this rush to get everything done. She goes to Joe's house and they have like a shared dream. Yeah, this one's really trippy creepy. too. Yeah, super trippy. I guess they had a shared dream because she the drowsiness comes over her immediately when she gets over there. Yeah, but why is that? Maybe it's because she had been doing it all night. That's true. They don't really explain how the like dream walking works, but you know, they do mention that she had been feeling drowsy in the previous dream, so it might just be a like the longer you do it over time. Yeah. So it's like almost immediately she falls asleep. And so she and Joe have this really weird shared dream where Joe is a fortune teller with a crystal ball. Um, Sherry comes in as a customer and tries to get her to tell her how she died. She's like, tell me how I'm going to die. And Joe's like, oh, you're going to live a happy life. And she's like, no, look in the crystal ball and tell me. But Joe like refuses to look. Yeah, she won't look, and so she grabs the woman's head and pushes it towards the crystal, like smushes it towards yeah. the crystal ball, She's and like, ends up putting somehow the head ends up in Inside the ball the crystal- and becomes a yeah. skull. And this is like Joe's head, by the way. <laughs> so Joe's head ends up in the in the crystal ball, and shit gets weird, and everyone's freaking out. And so pretty much, uh, I think Sherry like passes out and doesn't wake up till a while later. But when she does wake up, Joe is awake and she's like understandably upset. And she she's like saying that Sherry thinks that she killed her, which I don't know how you got that from that dream. Uh, I, I mean, it, Sherry seemed aggressive in the dream, but she yeah. didn't say you killed me or anything. Right. Um, I just think she's just freaked out by the whole thing. Well, yeah, thinking, like, oh, my God, Sherry blames me. I mean, that was a really freaky dream. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she she she's upset and Joe's mom is comforting her or whatever. And so. Sherry now starts to feel the guilt of messing with humans. Finally. Because she's like, man, I'm not doing any good. Yeah. I'm making everyone feel bad. Yeah. And she also now is kind of in her mind decided that Joe couldn't be a suspect. Right. And I Daniel. Think she, yeah, Daniel she kind of well. decides that with Daniel, too. So then at the end of this chapter, we hear Peter screaming, and that's the end of the chapter. What if, I guess when she started feeling bad about the meddling with other people, what if she did jump? And she just can't admit it now. I think I think this is the point where she starts to think about that, yeah. too. Um, because she had eliminated Daniel in her mind, eliminated Joe. And so now she does start to have second thoughts about maybe nobody did actually murder me. Maybe, maybe I actually... Maybe I actually did jump. And yeah. so this is the first time that she's like, uh... 
which it would be, be crazy it, it would be, be so cool it, it would be a really big twist yeah but then we still just don't know why she would have done it right like why would she jump who knows who knows it's so hard not i know to, <laughs> like, well so, I can, especially with this book because they add so much supernatural into it mm-hmm. that you feel like it could go that way and so you're kind of just like well is this a mundane like murder or is there some other force at work here because you were you mentioned a lot about how like it when she was pushed or whatever that it she was it said she, she was lifted yeah she mentioned that she felt lifted yeah and i mean it's not like a human couldn't lift her but yeah, she was be, short, right? She, yeah, she was supposed was to be. This, was that this book? <laughs> yes. Wait, was that another one? <laughs> she was supposed to have been very petite, like yeah. a really short person. And the, the railing went up to like her chest. Mm-hmm. And so she would have had to have been lifted. Right. But any, I mean, I could lift you over if I wanted to. I don't think I could do it without you turning around and being like, what are you what doing? Are you doing? <laughs> like, I, I really don't. That part is kind of strange because I, I feel like someone would have to be really strong and quick. Well, she was in that weird mind. Weird altered state. Yeah. So it's actually probably possible because I don't think she even like knew what was happening. Yeah. That. Thanks a lot, Peter. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so the last chapter ended with uh, Sherry hearing Peter screaming. Now it's his turn to be chased by his shadow. Which she cannot see. She cannot see it. They managed to get away once again. Not not very hard. <laughs> it just goes away you know and then they have another conversation about exactly what the shadow is there's a different shadow for each of us while we live in the world it is with us all the time it colors our thoughts how we feel how we see others and even how others see us but it is not different from us it is a part of us it is with us from birth we simply add to it as we grow it is the product of our experience on earth it is the sum of our thoughts and feelings then why is it so horrible i asked It is not horrible in and of itself. It is only horrible to the person it belongs to. When you come face to face with it, you see yourself as you really are. But I wasn't that rotten a person when I was alive. I thought of what Daniel had started to tell me before the memory of my cracked head had made him sick. Was I? No, you were fine. But like most people, you refuse to accept yourself as fine. In the presence of the shadow, any judgment you hold against yourself is magnified a million fold. So you were right. It is a part of you. It is a part of you. Cherry doesn't seem that scared about it because she's like, she doesn't seem to have any like inner turmoil. She doesn't seem to have any self-doubt or anything like that. And so she's kind of like, I'm not really that afraid to face myself. So I don't understand why you're so afraid. Yeah. Um, So she, at this point, I kind of feel like she's like, oh, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Because he made it sound awful. Well, I remember her mentioning at the beginning of the book that she was kind of a superficial person. So yeah. maybe that maybe is a good thing for this. Yeah. she. The conversation shifts to Sherry's death, and she mentions to Peter that she's considering maybe she did kill herself. Peter says that he knows that she didn't, but he doesn't say why, because he's Mr. Vague Pants. <laughs> He's like, no, I know you didn't. And she's like, well, how do you know? And he's like, I just know, okay? I just know. I just know all these things, and you just don't need to know right now. Yeah. He's, I, my exact note is, Peter is very cryptic and annoyingly vague about everything. <laughs> so I think, uh, luckily, Sherry is also annoyed with him. So she's like, you know what? I'm going to go face my shadow. Bye. Peace out. And that's how the chapter ends. She's like, I'm, I'm out. And he's not going to stop her. Nope. I mean, he can't. Not really. He really can't. Not really. Because he can't see the shadow. What's he going to do? So 
Sherry, at the beginning of chapter 14, Sherry's going to face her shadow. She decides to go to the place where she died because I guess she feels like her shadow would hang out there. I don't know. Well, that was the that was one of the places that she did see it. Yeah, she saw it the first time. Yeah, there. but there. she's seen it other places too. Yeah, but she I guess has. That's a place that you're like this. He'll definitely hang out here, right? <laughs> yeah. She wants to get up on the balcony, but she can't go through walls. So she has to like go in a very complex way to get up there. And this is when it's important to know how she gets to a place. Yeah, when I read this part, there was something I. I did feel like, oh, there's something significant about it, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Yes. I mean, there definitely is because it, despite the fact that they go into like a lot of detail on how she gets places before, this this one, they definitely go into even more detail in it. it she mentions how... Well, I got yeah, you. Just read it. Ah, <laughs> I'm just going to read it. <laughs> what if I got on the balcony? The entrance was locked tight, and I didn't have the proper identification card to buzz my way inside, but Beth's place, I reminded myself, had the best view in the complex, the top floor and the roof were not that far apart, and there was a flight of emergency stairs on the south side of the building. Jogging around the side of the condos, I ran up those steps as far as I could, and then went a little farther. A rain drain helped me onto the roof. Except for the part about Nine Lives, Catgirl was doing well. Adobe tile covered the roof, sun-baked Spanish clay. As I walked above the sleeping city, I noted the hint of color in the eastern sky off to my right. Just then, something about the flaking orange dust that coated the tiles troubled me, but I could not pinpoint the source of my disquiet. The slant of the roof was mild, and I was in no danger of falling as I knelt at the edge of the tiles above the accursed balcony. The shadow had not yet put in an appearance, and this time I sent a prayer of thanks heavenward. It struck me as insane that I was going to such great lengths to embrace something that I was hoping with all my heart to avoid. It surprised me how easily I was able to lower myself over the side and swing onto the wooden rail that guarded the edge of the balcony. The upraised ends of the tiles made excellent handholds. A child could have held onto them. Basically, what she's saying is it's easy to climb up on the roof. It doesn't sound easy. <laughs> well, holding on to a drain pipe, that sounds okay, well, extremely dangerous. She only had to do that because she can't go through doors. That are, she can't yeah, open and well, close doors. If I were a ghost, I would definitely attempt that. Absolutely. I would too, but she can't. <laughs> but, but the other thing is, and I kick myself because remember in the first episode of this book, I was talking about how I wanted to include all the important details in my yeah. summary so that people listening that hadn't read it could like figure it out for themselves yeah well there was one detail that they mentioned <laughs> that i left out and it's like the most important it is like the most important <laughs> detail and she mentions it here where she's like something about the the orange dust of the tiles like you know spoke to me or whatever and it's because at the beginning, when she's watching Garrett go around the crime scene, he finds some of that orange dust, like, mm -hmm. on the floor. It's not Cheeto dust? No, not no Cheeto dust. <laughs> but but Christopher Pike tricked me <laughs> because he they talk about how Garrett puts the dust on his finger, looks at it, and Sherry's like, ooh, he found something. Then he, like, wipes it on his pants and keeps walking. And Sherry's like, oh, I thought that was going to be something. Yeah. But it wasn't. <laughs> But it, it was. was. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christopher Pike, well done. You fooled someone that's actually read this book. <laughs> because I was like, oh, that's not important. I don't have to mention that. But there yeah, you go. Yeah. I had 100% for forgotten that detail. 
about the roof. So we're, as a reader at this point, Sherry may not know, but you're supposed to be like, someone was on the roof. Yeah. But who and how and why? Yes. <laughs> so there we go with that. And that's probably why he was asking Jeff about the shoes. Yeah, I think at this point I'm like, mm, okay, I don't, I don't think this is going to be a supernatural yeah. Yeah. enemy. This is when they start to like shift away from yeah. it. Supernatural enemy wouldn't need to climb on a roof. No. Not even a little bit. But who did? But who did it? Well, all right. So finally the shadow appears. Um, it wants Sherry to jump off the balcony. And so she done. She does. And then she has, um, my note is, then comes the vision from Bizarro Land. <laughs> Essentially her vision is basically her life flashing before her eyes from birth. There's a lot of details and a lot of things. But the first thing that's important is that we learn that Sherry is someone else's daughter. Yes. She was switched at birth. She knows this because of, like, different smells. And, like, she was, like, placed into the arms of someone who didn't smell like the mom, mom that she first knew. Yeah. But we don't know who, why, how yet. We know it's a nurse because she does say yes. that somebody in a white uniform. Right. Switched. Switched she, their ankle bracelets. bracelets. Yeah. Yep. So she, she knows that. And then she knows that she ends up with someone who doesn't smell like her mom so she she knows that now she also knows that her shadow is not evil no her shadow loves her yes yes because we know the shadow tells her that she did not commit suicide oh yes at the end of this she has the feeling that she would never commit suicide because she she can recognize now the greatness of sherry cooper and sherry shadow sherry cooper would not Sherry Cooper would not kill herself. No way. So now she's back to square one. (laughs) But now she has this bombshell of, oh my God, I was switched up Earth. (laughs) So, so yay. (laughs) Chapter 15, um, Sherry wakes up, you know, in the spot where she died um, and remembers what the shadow had shown her. She knows she didn't commit suicide. She knows she's someone else's child. She still doesn't know who killed her. And that's basically where she's left with right at this point. Peter shows up, um, he asks her to explain, but she's like, no, we gotta go to Miss Parrish's house right now. Yeah. She says she needs to go, but she doesn't know why. When they arrive, Joe's mom is there. That's, you know, their sisters. Okay, she forgot. Did they do that? Did they ever give them first names? No. No, I don't think they did. I think we're always just calling them Miss Fulton and Miss yeah. Parrish. Okay, just wanna make sure. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know. If they did, who cares? They're Miss Fulton, Miss Parrish. So Joe's mom, Miss Fulton, is there, and Miss Parrish is there, and they're having a conversation. It's then that Cherry realizes what's going on. This is an unexpected surprise, Miss Parrish said. Cut the crap, Miss Fulton replied. Where's Amanda? She's out for the evening. Where is she? Miss Parrish set down her coffee cup, her face worn and tired, but her eyes steady. It sounds like you already know. As a matter of fact, I do. Amanda called me from the Cooper's house. She's spending the night, and I've heard Jimmy's parents have gone out of town. What do you think of that? Amanda knows what's right and wrong. Christ, you are stupid. Miss Fulton leaned forward. You may have raised her Catholic, but she doesn't have a drop of your bleeding religious fervor in her veins. Don't talk that way. I'll talk as I please. What penance do your priests prescribe for incest? No, I cried, understanding at last. What are you talking about? Peter demanded. I shook my head miserably. This can't be. Miss Parrish also shook her head. Not as shocked as me, perhaps, but every bit as sad. You know she doesn't have any idea. I wonder, Miss Fulton said. 
So this is when Sherry realizes whose daughter she is. Mm-hmm. Emma may have known, but yes. Sherry didn't <laughs> until now. I don't remember if I knew or not, to be honest. I don't. Th- reading it this time, I already knew, so. I, and, I, then, and then there's the mention of incest. There is. Well, because. Which Sherry understands. Yes. So Amanda and Jimmy are brother and sister. Yeah. So there you go. Ah! <laughs> but this is also when she realizes in the first part of the book when she's running from the shadow for the first time and she calls for her mother and she teleports to her mom's house, she doesn't go to her house. Yeah. She goes to Miss Parrish's house. house. And And the room was dark, so she she didn't didn't realize. realize. Although, she's got ghost eyes. That's true. She She should have realized it. I feel like that's a little detail that's kind of like, I'm not buying that. Well, maybe she was so distraught from the shadow that her senses were off. Okay, I guess. (laughs) Let's just assume that's what it yes. is. Peter asks her to explain, and she does. So, essentially, she's Miss Parrish's daughter. Miss Fulton is the one that switched them at birth mm-hmm. because... She's hateful. Well, she's pissed because Miss Parrish has an affair with Miss Fulton's husband. They never explain why. I'm kind of just like... No, but you know what? They did give the men names in that. They did. It was like Mark and, and David or David, something. David, who cares? Yeah, and neither one of them have heard from them, no, right? In a yeah. really long time. No. Both of their men are out <laughs> of their lives. But it, they don't really un, like they don't really go into details on why the affair happened. It's just Mm-mm. the affair happened. And for whatever reason, Miss Fulton decided that she wanted to switch the babies, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Is she doing it to punish Miss Parrish, or is she doing it because she can't bear the thought of having, like, their love child in her life? And so she's hoping... But I think at that point, she wouldn't have been in her life, right? Because Miss Parrish... I'm like, when did she start working for them? Wait, how does... No, so I'm thinking... So what I'm thinking is... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, she can't have... Miss Fulton didn't want the love child... Around her. Around her. Because I guess she was going to continue having some sort of relationship with her sister. Probably. Well, yeah, they still live in the same town together. Like, move away. I'm I'm guessing maybe she assumed that if she switched them, she'd never have to see that baby. But she's wrong because Cherry is that baby and Cherry becomes best friends with Joe. I think maybe she did it, like, in the heat of the moment. Maybe she's like, I don't know what to do here. Switch some babies. I don't don't know know if, like, she knew. Maybe she found out, like, the day of and just went had a mental moment you don't think it was like calculated it seems like a real calculated know, because thing it to do. doesn't make sense as to why you do it It doesn't really make a lot of sense she's a nurse so and like she needed to do something <laughs> i don't know the driven by i feel like it was totally driven by emotion because i can't make sense of it i still think it's because she didn't want the love child of her around her well, i'm around just like her. well just don't hang out just don't hang out just decide to cut off that side of the family I mean, she, she doesn't. Couldn't. She doesn't treat her well anyway. No, they don't have a great relationship. I, I really don't. Who know. knows? We we don't know. She did it. The Joe's mind of Mrs. Fulton. There you go, Miss Fulton. How dare you? Um, they also mentioned that Amanda and Jimmy are both colorblind, which is like I guess genetic. A, so another genetic. clue that it is that it is. But I mean, we didn't really need that clue. We already knew. I mean, right. I, they're just cementing it. They're both colorblind. Oh, my God. They're both related. Great. We already knew. Then good old Detective Garrett arrives at the house when they're talking. And he makes small talk with the two women. But then has a really lame excuse about going to look in Amanda's room. And the mom, like, Miss Parrish is just like, okay. And she just lets him. Yeah. 
I think, didn't he say he was going to, well, no, he did say he wanted to use the bathroom upstairs. Yes, but he clearly said. But he did say something about checking out Amanda's room. Yes. But maybe she felt like, well, I she's got nothing to hide, so there's I no problem in it. I just think that's strange to have like an old man just like, because he's not, he's not saying he's looking at it for the case. He's saying he's looking at it because, oh, I lived in a house that was just like the same floor plan and everything. Do you mind if I look at your daughter's bedroom to see if it's the same as my room? <laughs> And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, even if you let him, why would you let him go alone? I don't know. But he does. For whatever reason, Amanda's mom is just like, okay, just go look through my teenage <laughs> daughter's room. No big deal. Don't steal her panties, please. I just, it's weird. I don't, I don't get it. I just, I think it's just one of those things to help move the story along. <laughs> well, so he does. Sherry follows him. Mm-hmm. The first thing he does is look for the shoes. There's that shoe again. And the, her shoes under the bed have orange chalk on not, them. Not Cheeto dust. Not Cheeto dust. <laughs> Roof dust. Roof dust. So he takes like one of the shoes and like wraps it up and throws it out a window. Uh-huh. By the way, none of this is legal. Right. So He's not going to be able to use any of this. How can you use any of this <laughs> as evidence? You can't. He's a maverick, a rogue cop. Yeah, but they're going to be like, no. no. So I don't know what he's thinking. He should just like look at the stuff, go downstairs and be like, hey, I'm going to get a warrant. Don't touch anything. Right. I mean, he's got to hope that something else happens or he finds... Right now, that's like the only evidence. Mm -hmm. And if you have to throw that out, what kind of case do you have? This is literally the only evidence (laughs) he has. And it is not legal. In in 1989, pretty sure it wasn't legal then either. No. When he leaves, he asks Miss Parrish where Amanda is and she won't tell him, but he already knows. Like... He's a smart guy. Smart cookie. Smart cookie. Yes. He knows because as soon as he gets out to the car, Sherry and Peter are following him. He calls Sherry's house. Mm-hmm. The line is busy, which Sherry's like, uh, we've got call waiting. So if the line's busy, that means someone has put the phone off the hook. So now she's in panic mode. Not good. Not good at all. Garrett also feels the tension because he calls the police immediately Mm -hmm. and he's like send some cars to the cooper's house now but sherry knows that it'll take like 20 minutes for all this to go down and she's like oh my god we got to get there now peter teaches her how to fly yay (laughs) finally sherry could do something well she walks in dreams but now she can fly too yeah so because she's in a panic and he's like you could just fly there and i'm like why didn't you talk about this like a million years ago because he's Mr. Vague Pants. I know. (laughs) Chapter 16 is when things really get weird. The first time I wrote notes for this, I didn't even know where to begin. Mm -hmm. So I just wrote, Amanda's a crazy hoe bag. I wrote, effed up. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, I went back and made proper notes because otherwise I literally would not be able to describe what goes down in so much happens so much happened so let's try to break this down they sherry and peter fly to the house they notice that there's smoke coming from the chimney but it's summertime yes that's that's strange that's odd yep they get inside somehow who cares how a window a door i don't know they get inside when they arrive jimmy and amanda are lounging in front of like a roaring fire Mm -hmm. wearing nothing but bathrobes she knows that they're naked underneath. Yep, they naked. As far as we know, they haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Amanda's been feeding Jimmy chocolate cake. That chocolate she, cake. I know. It's a symbolic thing. It's not the same one, I no, assume. No, 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 no. <laughs> because she said she baked it. 
Oh, okay. Because he's like, he's like, I don't want to eat anymore. Well, because he's a freaking diabetic. Right. And so she's like, have another piece of cake. And he's like, oh, no, it's going to make me sick. And she's like, that doesn't say much for my baking. And I'm like, I hate you, Amanda. <laughs> um, but she's also feeding him red wine. So he's drunk. Was she like this the entire time that they were going out? We don't know, as far as we know, because they were going out for, what, maybe like three months? Mm -hmm. And all we know is at the beginning of the book, Sherry said that Amanda had closed herself off from him. Yeah. She just sounds pretty annoying at this point. Yeah. Like the whole... (laughs) Yeah, like simpering and being an idiot. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is not why he fell in love with you. No. But whatever. He's drunk, so... He's drunk. What does he know? Amanda tells Jimmy that she's also a diabetic. At this point, Sherry didn't know that. She also blames, she tells Jimmy that Sherry forced her to eat that chocolate cake, which is not really true because she just does the like, come on, live a little, eat it. But then later Amanda eats another piece all on her own. Did she? Yes, in the car. Oh, yeah. So like right before they're about to leave the party, there's the chocolate cake there and they all eat it. Like Sherry, Amanda, and Miss Parrish all eat some. And then when they're in the car, she's got, the, like, she's got a second piece. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that was the second piece. I thought it, it was the first one. No, but it, why would she bring it with her otherwise? No, she. I think she says legitimately that it's a second piece. Like she'd snuck another piece mm. or something like that. But but no, Amanda's like, Sherry forced me to eat that cake. She knew I was <laughs> diabetic and she did it on purpose. And Sherry's like, I didn't know you were diabetic, ho. <laughs> I didn't know. And I guess at this point, it's just she's saying these things because she wants Jimmy to stop. I think she believes missing, it. No, missing I think her? she believes it. Okay. I literally think Amanda's insane and believes this. Oh, that's not cool. Yes. <laughs> because she also goes into like, she goes into on like a tirade about how like Sherry was trying to keep them apart. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah, Jimmy's yeah. like, no, no, she wasn't. That's she it? introduced us. and But like, I really feel like Amanda believes it. Like, yeah. she believes that this Sherry some, was out to get her. This is some Lifetime original movie yeah. stuff. Because <laughs> she's freaking bonkers. So I don't think that she's trying to pit Jimmy against Sherry. I think she legit believes Leaves. that Sherry was out to get her. Sherry sees all the barbed wire around her. Right. The same. So, so the drug addict isn't coming to help her, but we no. do. No. <laughs> but she we was brought it. in because... Now we needed to see what the barbed wire meant. Yes. And it basically means hatred, pain, pain, whatever. Now, whether it's like Jimmy's pain or hers, I don't I don't know. But there's a lot. Everyone's in pain. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of pain in this house right now. Uh, Jimmy is so drunk that he like wants to go to sleep. But Amanda's like trying to seduce him. She suggests in like a sexy way. I don't know. She's <laughs> like, why don't I give you your insulin shot? And then you can give me mine. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. But he's like, no, no. no. He's like, I don't even know that I need it. I just want to go to sleep. And she, she's insistent. Annoyingly so. Annoyingly so. It, Yeah, it makes no sense. But um, at this point, like at some point, Amanda also tells him that they're related. But I don't think he believes it. She, she says it in such a way where she's like, uh, I heard a rumor from my mom that she thinks we might be related. And he's like, what? And she's like, I'm glad you don't care because I don't. And like, <laughs> but yeah, I know. And so he's just like, what? 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 But I don't think he really like yeah. it hasn't hit home yet. Yeah. But whatever is going on. But yeah, they they have things in common. They both. They're both diabetic. Medic. She doesn't say the colorblind. No, thing. she doesn't. But she does mention that like she knows how much dosage he he needs to kind of 
calm his fears. Yep. So she knows how he's feeling. So she pushes the insulin stuff again, and he finally agrees. And she doses him with 100 units, which he usually gets 10. 10, yep. Straight into his vein. Yep. Which, as we learn, is not going to kill him, but it'll make him pass out, like, instantaneously. Right. Which Sherry's panicking because she's like, well, once he's passed out, like, she could do whatever she wants to him. Right. You know, he can't. I mean, he wasn't doing a good job fighting back anyway. But No. But now he really can't. Yes. Once he's got it, like, in his veins and he's feeling, like, all drowsy, this is when she tells him, like, her entire plan, <laughs> like, like a freaking movie villain. <laughs> yep. And I wanted to read the part that she, where she talks about killing Sherry because I feel like it's really interesting. Oh, gosh, please do, because now I'm like, oh, I don't even remember that part. Yeah, so she, she admits everything like a movie villain. She's like, yeah, I killed Sherry, yada, yada, yada. And, here's, and Sherry and Peter are there at this yeah, point. Yeah, they're watching and, it, but they, okay. they, they can't really do anything. They're kind of just like, <laughs> what do we do? How do we stop this? I don't know. Now put on your best crazy voice. Too late, Jimmy was beginning to get the message. Why do you bring up Sherry? Amanda looked to the fire and appeared to go blank for a few seconds. When she spoke next, it was with a peculiar mixture of bitterness and confusion. A small girl mad at a world suddenly grown big and complex. When I decided to go to the party, she said, I didn't know what I wanted. I thought maybe I would talk to Sherry about us, bring it out in the open and get it over with. I didn't want to, though. Then, she kept me from having the shot when I needed it. She forced me to eat cake. It made me feel weird. I shouldn't have had a second piece. I could hardly think. Then, at the party, there was this magnet that you could ask questions, and I asked it about us, and it said that our love was real. It said that I should protect it. The magnet told me that I had to take control of my own destiny. Amanda lowered her head, her pale face disappearing behind the fall of her long hair. But what I did, I did on the spur of the moment. I glanced at Peter, silently asking if he knew what she was talking about in regard to the magnet answers. He quickly shook his head. What did you do? Jimmy whispered. He was having trouble breathing. Sweat no longer merely dampened his forehead. It poured off his brow and into his eyes. Amanda raised her head and her arm, too, and gestured to the richly furnished living room. I grew up in a slum, she said, her tone harsh. She grew up in a mansion. She was given everything she wanted. New cars, new clothes. I had to take the bus to school and wear hand-me-downs. She was spoiled rotten. Do you know my own mother had to make her bed for her? She should burn in hell! The message on the Ouija board, Peter gasped. Jimmy sagged forward and had to throw out an arm to keep from landing face first on the carpet. What did you do to my sister? Amanda was suddenly concerned. Are you still sick? What did you do? He demanded. Amanda smiled. Nothing. Your sister's fine. Jimmy swallowed thickly. You killed Sherry. Amanda nodded. I did push her off the balcony. She deserved it. She was standing there and thinking mean thoughts about me. I pushed her, and then I climbed onto the roof and went over the fire escape and came back into Beth's front door. I thought I had blown it, that everyone would know, but I was lucky. When I came back into the bedroom, Dan saw me and thought I had just come from the bathroom. I know you liked her, but she really was no good. She wasn't even your sister. I knew it! She was in that bathroom for too long! Yeah, she was never in the bathroom. Right. But apparently she turned the water on because people said they heard water in there. Right. But I'm like, it sounds like she was in the bathroom for forever. There's just no way that she was in the bathroom that long. It's still like she still would have had to have moved so fast. Like, I still am trying to wrap my head around how it happened because she, she left the room first, went into the bathroom long enough to turn the light on, turn the water on, left the bathroom, (laughs) went out to the balcony, 
lifted and pushed Cherry. Right. Then hoisted herself onto, onto the roof, climbed all the way over and went through <laughs> the front door. At this point, when she goes through the front door, everybody else is out on the balcony or near it. Right. So she is able to then sneak behind them. But it's still like it would have had to have been lightning speed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of unreal to think about. Maybe there was something supernatural with it. <laughs> supernatural insanity, maybe. Yeah. Maybe when you're insane. Because yeah. she's like... She was thinking mean, mean thoughts, thoughts about, about me. me. I know. I I'm just like, oh my it. God. It's not... The world does not revolve around you, Amanda. And so when she was asking about their relationship, Peter was not in Beth's body at the time. Right? N- Peter was in Beth's body, but he... They never explained that, I don't think. Well, at that point, Sherry, like, looks at him yeah, like, and he did said you no. notice? So, so I guess he wasn't answering whatever questions Amanda was giving. Or maybe he was answering and she was making it happen because... I think Amanda just wanted it to happen. Right. And so I She was feel making like, the answers happen yeah, that she wanted to. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But then it's like, if Peter had that knowledge, wouldn't he say, you know, Sherry, there was this weird thing when I was in Beth's body where, like, I was giving the answers to Amanda, but... But Amanda didn't say her questions out loud. that's true. There's no way he would have known what they were. They don't... I don't... Unless... No, I'm pretty sure they never go into detail about that. But from what I understand, Peter was not in Beth's body when Amanda was asking the questions. Or if he was... He didn't know what she was asking because he can't hear. He's not telepathic. I don't know. They have all these other powers. We've never <laughs> heard about them being telepathic. Yeah. I don't think that he had any clue what Amanda was asking. Okay. But they never bring but it the, up before but now. Then, yeah, but wouldn't Peter say, you know, there's that weird thing. Yeah, you, where would think. you would <laughs> think. Amanda was asking questions. Mm-mm. And I couldn't respond to it. So I don't know who was answering those questions for Amanda. Yeah, they never bring it up and they no. never talk about it again. And it, now, it upsets me because <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't say exactly. She was just like, fight for our love, and it told me I should do it. That means I have to kill Sue Sherry. Blah. I'm insane. It is so, yeah, it is so <laughs> crazy Lifetime original movie. It 100% is. Then Amanda shows her next plan, which is that once Jimmy passes out, she's going to put an air bubble into his van with a syringe. Right. Which, I guess everybody in the world knows that this will stop his heart. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Good thing I'm they like, explained that it to us. That doesn't sound like it's a good no, idea. it doesn't. <laughs> but it's just funny that, like, literally everyone knows. They're like, she's going to put an air bubble into his van. Like, it's common knowledge that that's a thing that, like, people do. I Oops. Oops. I, I, yeah, I didn't know I that didn't one. know either. But now we do. Mm-hmm. So now Sherry's like, we got to do something because, like, I think they determined somehow that the police are still probably like 10 minutes away mm-hmm. and he she's like literally about to do it. So she forces Sherry forces Peter to jump into Amanda's body. Yes. And he at first she's like make her do it to herself and he's like I'm not going to murder her. Yeah. And like I'm with him. I wouldn't either. I, I, wouldn't just, either. I would just keep her occupied. Right. But I, I guess he's having trouble but the description of her like like flailing, <laughs> flailing around, around is kind of hilarious and, and Sherry is like super gleeful at this which is kind of awesome she's like with peter inside her she's like you know tripping around like she's having like an epileptic fit and it's grand (laughs) she's like so excited about it and i'm like well i would be too because she's an evil monster yes after learning all of that yeah but i mean i'm not sure after learning all that i'm not sure if i'd be that sad if like 
we forced her to commit suicide, but I don't know that I'd want to be like responsible. No, that. I wouldn't want Peter to maybe just make her trip into the fire. Oh God! But you're still responsible for it. I guess I don't know. You, I mean, whatever. Peter doesn't want to do it, and that's fine. But uh, in the midst of this, Peter's shadow shows up again. And so Peter leaves Amanda and he's like, I gotta go, my shadow's here. No, Peter. Yeah. Stay and fight. Sure, he's like, you can go. <laughs> you gotta help me. And so he starts to leave, but then he decides to stay. But honestly, it doesn't really make a difference because even if he decides to stay and face a shadow, as soon as the shadow gets in him, he like passes out. Right, he's occupied with dealing with, that, with the shadow and not exactly Amanda. Which is exactly what happened to Sherry, so she should know. Yeah. He can't help if he's passed out <laughs> dealing with the shadow. But it's at this point when they're fighting that he reveals the reason he doesn't want to face his shadow is because he committed suicide. Right. His death was not an accident. Mm-hmm. He committed suicide. Yeah. And, but he decides to stay because he loves Sherry. And he starts to tell her. Oh, yeah. He starts to say he loves her. Yeah. But then the shadow descends upon him and he passes out. Sherry's left dealing with crazy Amanda, who's... Who, even after having this weird, like, epileptic fit, she's not, like, freaked out or anything. She's just, like, back to her task. <laughs> she's crazy, man. I mean, she's wouldn't crazy. you be like, whoa, what just happened? Maybe I should chill for a second. I don't know if I would be if I were crazy. I guess. <laughs> well, she's obviously crazy because she didn't let whatever that happened stop, stop her. her. No, she's got, she's got a mission. She's got a mission. And so Sherry's panicked. And at this point, she doesn't know what else to do. So she... This is weird. This is so weird. (laughs) She dives into the syringe. That's full of air. That's full of air. Yes. She in so she ends up in she ends up inside Jimmy's body. Yeah. So she dives into the syringe before Amanda injects him. She injects him. Now Sherry's in Jimmy's body, but Mm -hmm. really it's his dream from the beginning of the book. Yeah. With the balloon. Yes. And so, obviously, the balloon is the air bubble now. Right. And she has to pop the air bubble, or someone does. And it's, I guess he had a prophetic dream, because that's literally the same dream from the beginning. But (laughs) the stupid, like, we have to forgive Amanda before we can do it. Yes. That is is what I wrote about. This is what I say. Okay. So they have a hard time popping it because they have black stuff on their yeah. hands. Oh, it's hate. <laughs> I'm like, what? First of all, how it's would you know hate. that? She, I don't know. Just I like mean, Peter knows things. I mean. Somehow they just know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe when you become a ghost, you're connected to some kind of collective unconsciousness that you don't. I don't know. Either way. She knows. It's apparently hate. They have to forgive Amanda. She has to forgive Amanda. Like, truly forgive. I wrote, okay, oh, it's hate. And she laughs, and oh, it's gone. Her feelings throughout this entire book have been mortal. And and now she can truly... So now she can truly and easily forgive Amanda because Jimmy's life is in danger? No. I don't know if I buy that. No, I don't buy it either. The, her description of uh, Jimmy forgiving her makes sense because she's like, Jimmy's never been one to hold a grudge. Right. Although, she tried to kill your sister, <laughs> yeah. and then you... yeah. But yes, he... I don't he, think that they'd be able to forgive her made, that quickly. It made more sense that he could forgive quickly. But her, I'm like, there's no. just no way. Because she, she no literally way. spent the entire book like... Well, this entire time that she since she found out, she's like calling her a bee. And yeah. she's like saying, kill her, make her kill herself. Yeah. Like, And then all of a sudden like, she's like, 
yeah five minutes ago you. you wanted yeah peter to kill her yeah and oh no it's hate and we have to forgive and i'm sorry no if, if that's truly hate no that, I don't the forgiveness that require that is required to remove it is not something that is just fleeting and passing it, I mean, yeah. It has to be deep. And it, it would have taken time yes. to be able to forgive yes. her. It takes time as a mortal. I know. I guess they try to explain it away by her saying, you know, oh, I understand that Amanda is just a, a victim of her own, like, insanity or some shit. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> give it. a damn. She <laughs> murdered you yeah. and is about to murder your brother. <laughs> it would take me much longer than one second <laughs> yes. to forgive her. Yeah, I just felt like the the depth of forgiveness yeah. that would be required to remove that hate yeah not happen would have to be very deep and not something that you could accomplish in like three seconds nope but she does but she does well thank god because it saves it saves jimmy's life <laughs> yes. they pop the balloon yes that's the end of that chapter of, of insanity well you know it and it also makes me think of amanda's dream which you know seems yes. really cuckoo but now i'm like it makes, but see, okay but also okay that dream is, like when you know it when you know what it means her dream is so literal it is that and you're like, like dreams are really? like that no they aren't and i'm like is she literally just i guess she's dreaming about her plan yeah she's like here's what i'm gonna do and i'm dreaming about it <laughs> Or maybe she didn't have a plan and she dreamt that because... And then, oh, okay. So it gave her an idea. (laughs) So she didn't have a plan. So so these poles look like needles. Oh, needles. Okay. And then these (laughs) bubbles going into this... They look like ...translucent thing that's kind of like a vein. Okay. Oh, Oh, that's how I'm going to do it. (laughs) My dreams never help me out like that. No, mine do not either. (laughs) I think she already had the plan and she was just like dreaming about it because yeah. she was obsessed with it absolutely yeah. but still <laughs> come on yeah it was very literal yeah and i couldn't we couldn't discuss it when it, when we were talking yes. about it but i'm like this is kind of i mean it's yes it's weird but it's too literal yeah. it would have been nicer to have like i don't know a more abstract dream that you piece together after that yeah like, like a puzzle yeah yeah other than like oh she's literally dreaming of needles <laughs> okay cool all right chapter 17 they're back in reality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's alive, but Amanda doesn't notice, I guess, that he has come to. And she's attempting to make a funeral pyre for the both of them. And so I think her plan is to inject herself. So Romeo and Juliet yeah. type of. Yeah. And then they'll like burn to death. And I, I guess <laughs> if, that's it. If the world can support our love. Yeah. Then no one can. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Romeo and Juliet style. But uh, Garrett arrives just in time. Mm-hmm. He saves Jimmy from the fire. Amanda is arrested. Everything kind of like in this chapter just kind of like goes at lightning speed now. Like shit's just happening. That's kind of how I felt with 16 too. I'm like, yeah. um, all the this shit just went yeah. down. Yeah. I'm like, why? Yeah. I guess because it's at the end yeah. and everything's got to happen. But I'm like, it. oh my God. Christopher Pike probably had like a page limit or something. <laughs> So Amanda's arrested, Peter returns, and they he and Sherry have like a tender moment. They talk about his suicide a bit more, and she asks mm-hmm. him like, why did you kill herself? And essentially it's because he was, like a lot of reasons, but he was lonely, Yeah, didn't really feel connected to anybody. Mm-hmm. They reveal that they both loved each other, you know, but I mean, his shadow clearly didn't kill him. No. He just saw his life flash before his eyes. That was it. And he knew that Sherry didn't kill herself because he never got to experience the light. Mm-hmm. 
and she experienced it. So yes. in his mind, well, crap, no. If you've experienced the light, then you didn't commit suicide. Yeah. Because he assumes, but he still doesn't really know. No, he doesn't. Because she's like, are you sure you can't go to light? He's like, I don't really know. I'm just guessing because yeah. I've never seen it. But it's like, have you let yourself? Maybe you yeah. need to forgive. Forgive yourself. yourself. That's the moral which, of the story. Which, so one of my notes. Uh, so apparently, Sherry has a thought about Amanda, like a not good one. And she's like, oh, look at me. I can't even forget. You know, I said I was going to forgive her and I can't even <laughs> hold that. now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So you didn't really forgive her. I didn't rem- I didn't write that down. That's <laughs> awesome, though. I'm actually glad because she doesn't deserve forgiveness. Right. And then, you so. know, more about like, I feel like true forgiveness requires constant work. Yeah. And I don't think it. Well, and that's probably what completely. she's doing. Because she, yeah. she checks herself immediately. Yeah, she does. And then there's a part two. I guess Jimmy comes out of things being very sober yeah because it says the light detoxified him and i'm like really yeah well because he would have been like drunk and like hazy and stuff (laughs) i guess but they needed him to like answer questions so i just don't know if i believe that i don't either but anyway at the end of chapter 17 you know everything seems to be working out okay sherry is like has decided that she wants to help detective garrett because she owes him. Oh, yeah. For saving her brother. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> so then we go to the epilogue. Oh, wait. The only note that I have... Well, maybe that happens in the epilogue. I don't know. The For that, you'll have to take off your top comment. Oh, when did he say that? I don't remember. He just said a lot of pervy things, and I literally just I never, even, I never even commented <laughs> well, on them. I was like, "Yikes!" That didn't age well. I'm like, "Jesus!" Yeah. Peter said that to. to yeah, I'm Sherry. trying to remember what they were talking about. About like you know that they they were talking that about they liked like, each other the whole time, and that he she said did something sneak, about how like she owes him a kisses. Yeah, she, maybe that was it. Yeah, and he like sneaked a peek. While she was in the shower, yeah. but he didn't really see anything. Yeah. I don't know. But I was like, Ugh. whatever. They're dating now. It's yeah. Fine. Okay. It's fine. She can take off her top. They're dating. They're in love, Emma. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, epilogue. I mean, Peter does make a lot of creepy comments throughout the thing, I, but I found them kind of charming. I didn't care. I just don't remember. They didn't bug me. The creepy comments didn't bug oh, okay. me. Okay. I was like, he's I a don't teen remember boy. them throughout the book. I just remember that last part. There were like, a few. Yikes. There weren't a lot. Yikes. There were just like sprinkled bits in here. He's a yeah. healthy red blooded boy. <laughs> he's a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he still has a libido. <laughs> anyway, she's she's like okay with it though. She jokes back. Yes, so I, yes, I feel she does. like it's, it's I guess reciprocal. it's consensual. Yes. Everything's fine. No worries. Okay. Epilogue. So the truth about Amanda's parentage comes out to everybody, but they no one knows that Joe's mom was involved at all. Oh, yeah. That was not revealed. No. So she didn't get any blame or anything like that. Sherry's parents. This is cuckoo. And <sighs> this is cuckoo. Sherry's parents, when they find out that Amanda's their real daughter, decide to like use all their money to hire her the best lawyer yeah. to defend her. Yep. And I'm like, she killed your do- your other daughter and tried to kill your actual son. Well, I guess in their grief, they want to hold on to whatever daughter they can. That's insanity. <laughs> and Sherry's like, oh, well, life is weird. And I'm like, you aren't mad about I would feel so betrayed. betrayed. Yeah. She literally is like, life's weird. Like, I think that's literally what she says. Life's weird sometimes. And I'm like, girl. We need to put that on the t-shirt. Says, it's a strange universe. That's what there she says. There we go. 
That's the t-shirt for this book. It's a strange <laughs> universe. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a strange universe. <laughs> well, when you're, when you're a ghost. I mean, I guess, but like, it's not like it happened a long time ago. It's still fresh and Amanda needs to pay. <laughs> I guess she really did forgive her. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Hopefully, she's just moving on with her ghost life. However oh, long that's gonna, I would just be, be so, and just no. be happy with Pete. I'm upset for Sherry. <laughs> I'm like, Mom and Dad, come on. Oh, make, yeah, it makes no sense other than I'm like, um, okay, are just rich people just like? I don't know. <laughs> what are they, not do, grounded do in they reality? Do they plan to take Amanda back in their home? Like, why would Jimmy even allow that? Why didn't Jimmy tell them, uh, you cannot defend the person that tried to murder me, Mom? Right. I mean, <laughs> I know that they're probably going to get her psychi- psychiatric help. Well, but they do. this is going to be a fight for the rest of her life. Yeah. So, I mean, is she going to be able to fight her feelings for Jimmy? If I were Jimmy, I'd move away and never. <laughs> I, would I would want I nothing would to do with her again. I wouldn't. And I wouldn't tell my parents where I was going because they would probably tell her. Yeah. Because now you, Jimmy can't trust mom and dad now. Nope. What the? <laughs> I don't know. I cannot no believe sense. they just like mention that like in this blase manner and then don't talk about it again. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is huge. <laughs> How does Jimmy feel about this? You think Pike was trying to make a comment on like rich people? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Pike doesn't like rich people. <laughs> I really don't know though. It's just insanity. Yeah, to me. it is. So. She does, Amanda does get sentenced to five years of psychiatric care, which seems light. And they mentioned that it's a light sentence. Yes. Because she had the best lawyer. That's right. Thanks, mom and dad. (laughs) God. Uh, Sherry finally got her proper newspaper article. They amended it so that she didn't commit suicide. She She was uh, murdered. She was murdered. Sherry visits Miss Parrish to make sure that she's doing okay, because poor lady's been through a lot. Mm -hmm. She's lost both of her daughters. Yes. I guess because Miss Parrish is spiritual, she is able to, I guess, hear Sherry and know that she's oh, yeah. there. She senses yeah, yeah, yeah. that she's there. Yeah. And so she's like, Sherry, I know you're here and I want you to know I'm okay. So that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I did like that I moment. feel like this entire epilogue is like the end of a movie where they show like a still picture and then at the bottom <laughs> yeah. they're like, Miss Parrish is okay. <laughs> Amanda is spending five years in psychiatric <laughs> care. Sherry's parents are bonkers. <laughs> yeah. You know. Sherry and Peter visit Garrett's druggy daughter and do some kind of like morality play yeah. to turn this her off. So drugs. funny! It's it so is funny. so stupid. <laughs> I enjoyed it. They, I hated it. I wish they had just scrapped this from the book. They they essentially dress up like an angel and a devil and yes. go in there and they're like, "Stay away from drugs, or the devil will eat you." And she's like, "Oh my god, okay." I mean, you know, it's not like she's addicted or anything. And she just turns it off and she's like, okay, I'll go back to my dad. Well, I guess she hasn't had any crazy visions like this before, which is, I don't know if that's totally believable. I enjoyed Peter's rhymes. That's why I hated them. (laughs) I thought they were so funny. They were the worst. I'd be like, this is the least scary devil ever. He's like, I I want you. It was like green eggs and ham. I I can't even remember what it was, but it was like, I want a leg with chicken and egg and, and i'm like oh my god this is the stupidest thing I, it's so ridiculous and it actually kind of like i feel like this part although i don't know if he intended to write the second and third book when he had written this one but the second book kind of involves her and peter going to help people not interested dude do not read them okay 
I'll talk just more not, about them. I'm just not interested they're, in that. They're 100% no, garbage. The second and third book are garbage. Oh, pretend so they sad. do not. Please just pretend they don't exist. Okay. Well, I purchased. <laughs> you purchased the one that has all of them. Yeah, I purchased the whole series. Dude, it just was, don't. Unless okay. you just really no. want to, like, fall asleep. No, that's all right. <laughs> they're just, ab- they're monstrously bad. So, the final last thing that happens is that we find out that this story that we've been reading, Jimmy has been oh, writing it yes. on his computer yes. with Sherry inside of him. Yeah. I'd totally <laughs> forgotten. And so I'm like, okay, sure. Sure. <laughs> so that's the only thing we've learned about Jimmy. He's been g- possessed by the ghost of his sister to write the story. The Is end. he aware that he's writing? I know he's not aware well, that he's writing it now, it. but I'm like, yeah. I think he's Does he aware. wake up and read it? Like, and be a little freaked out? Freaked out by this? They don't, they don't talk about that. Okay. But Jamie wrote the story on his computer. So now now she can be remembered. That's right. They won't forget her. Won't. I do think that they also mentioned a computer disc. Did they mention a computer disc in yours? It says, his touch lightens as he types the happy ending. Miss Parrish is not the only one who knows I'm doing well. So he does know he's writing this and that things are And he's just not freaking. Oh, out. it does mention a computer disc. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you who read this story are really there, then it means my brother did not accidentally erase this computer disc I store my words on. It means that my last wish has been granted. <laughs> well, so Emma, that was the book. Yeah. What'd you think of your first Christopher Pike book? Uh, it was kind of a doozy. Uh, <laughs> it was. I felt like I was watching either like a soap opera yeah. or Melrose Place yeah. or like I mentioned millions of times, Lifetime original movies. Um yeah, it, it was a lot to take in. It really was. And to have and to have to stop and take notes was really hard because I was so invested in it. I'm like, I can't stop and take notes. Well, like, for this one, I didn't do it. I read the whole thing and then went back and did my notes. Yeah. Because I knew that I was going to want to, like, fly through it. Mm-hmm. This one is one that I remember being really good. But Although, now as an adult, Amanda's motives don't make sense to me. But as we, and so when I, when I came in here to talk about it, I was going to be like, the motives don't make sense. But then I guess as we were talking about it, I'm like, she's just insane. Yeah. She's just crazy. Her motive is that she's insane. Yeah. We don't know why she became insane. I guess some people are just crazy. Well, that was another thing too. I'm like, did Miss Parrish not really notice what was happening to Amanda? Or is she just one of those? Did, and I'm wondering like, did she f- did she ever feel like she wasn't really connected to Amanda? Like, did she know deep down that that wasn't her child? Well, no, she always knew. Did she? Yeah. They knew. Remember, they were having the conversation. We don't find out I, when she found out. Yeah, I th- yeah, I thought she found out much later. They don't say when she found out, but, yeah. but she knew. Yeah. She's probably known for a long time. So she, was she just like... I just don't understand. Can you recognize? You should be able to recognize, recognize crazy, your. Right? Well, I mean, I guess Amanda was just so quiet. Maybe that's she true. just like kept everything inside because no one true. else noticed. They were just like, oh, that's Amanda. She's just quiet and she doesn't really like talk to anyone. And like Joe's mom loved her. They they talk about how like Joe's mom, I, probably because of her guilt. I yeah. Bet. They, but they talk about how like Joe's mom had was really fond of Amanda. And I'm like, well, why? She's got no personality. Yeah. And so I think Miss Parrish just didn't even, she, she, the girl was quiet and she kept to herself and she just kept all her didn't insane know. thoughts. I just, I don't know if she was always insane or just like Jimmy made her insane because she just decided she loved him so much. Or maybe it was when she, we don't know when Amanda discovered that she was not her mom's daughter. Yeah. 
She overheard Miss Parrish praying. They didn't say when, when? but that's how she found that out. That could have she, been when she, she overheard crazy. like something in Miss Parrish's prayers. Yeah. I remember yeah, her saying maybe that. that caused the break. Yeah, maybe she, this whole time she's had like a Jimmy shrine locked up in her room. <laughs> but they've somewhere. only been dating for like three months. Maybe she's been. But, but she could have been obsessing over. She could have been obsessed with him for a long time. Probably since they she went found to school out. together, right? Did they go to school together? They don't mention it, but I'm assuming. But he's like know. older. He's like out of school. Oh yeah. That's so I don't know. I whatever. Girl, be crazy. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. It's okay if if. The motive doesn't really yeah. match. No, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, it's ex- very different from what I've read before and what I would pick out for myself. These are not books that I picked Man. out for myself. I mean, I didn't even so know many. about Christopher Pike. Man. But I wasn't... I don't know. Probably not, didn't want to read a, anything that was more realistic because you read a lot of like fantasy and stuff like that. I did. I did read I a did lot too. of fantasy. And I did, I did like ghost stuff. Um when I was younger but like the murder mystery type of stuff never really appealed to me yeah it, it wasn't something that I was like oh no thank you it was just never really brought in and I never seeked it out so so does it hold up I say yes for me because I still enjoyed the ride even knowing what was happening or what was gonna happen I still read the book real fast and I had a good time doing it yay yeah, so I, I would say, as an adult now, it holds up. I'd recommend it to another adult to read yeah. it. Because I don't think it really, it doesn't read that young. No, it doesn't. Even though it was written for teenagers. I mean, it's an easy read, but yeah. it's not like, oh man, I feel like I'm reading something that yeah. an eight-year-old would, no. The text is sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Well written. Yeah. Good job, Pike. Emma, tell us about what we're reading next week. Okay, coming up next, we have Bruce Cobble, Jennifer Murdley's Toad. Jennifer Murdley had no idea what she was getting into the day she bought the big toad from the strange man who ran Elive's Magic Shop. The thing didn't even start talking to her until she had it out of the store. And once the toad did start to talk, it still kept a lot of secrets. So Jennifer didn't find out about his strange birth, or the treasure hidden in his forehead, or the witch who was out to get him, until she and her friends were in more trouble than they had ever imagined. It sounds fun, but it's another talking animal. I'm sorry! I I don't (laughs) don't know why I keep choosing these books. You only chose one other one, but I did tell you when we read uh, the Ralph book that I just do not like talking animals, and I don't know why. You know what? It sounds more interesting to me because of the magic shop this is also part of a series it is it's part of the magic shop book series Um, so in which i've literally never heard of this series i've only read two of them i read jeremy thatcher dragon hatcher and then i read jennifer murdley that one sounds familiar yay it's gonna be a brand new experience yay all right i'm excited yep see you next week see you next week don't go pushing people off balconies (laughs) please don't be good To learn more about us and see what we're going to read next, visit our website at growingupbookish.com.